0: Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show, the best horror podcast in the world, okay? I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, aka the certified cougar hunter, aka the man with the biggest set of testicles just engraving a massive trail across the earth, okay? Just kidding. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, people might say otherwise, but, you know, it's the heart that counts, you know what I mean? Alright, so, welcome back to another beautiful Tuesday at noon for another beautiful Reddit Horror story. Happy 4th of July. Don't blow any fingers off today while you're out there lighting off some fucking fireworks. Okay? I don't want you coming into work on Wednesday with your old fucking hands mangled. Okay? Please don't do that. You need your fingers. Otherwise, how are you going to put a finger in your butt? Or pick your nose. You know what I mean? You need those fingers for those exact reasons. That's it. Nothing else, alright? Also, I'm going to be dropping a second episode today. Just a little camping horror story because I know a lot of you are out there camping this 4th of July weekend. Not weekend, week. You know? Some of you took the week off, went up north, or to the cabin. For me, it's up north, but you guys are going to the cabin. Or camping, I don't know, what whatever the fuck you're doing, alright? If you're not home and you're in the cabin or you're camping, this one is for you. Well, not this episode, but the next episode that I'm releasing. Probably around the same time, this one's out. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this one, alright? This one's scary, this one's good. This one has vampires, so if you're queasy about the blood, like me, sorry in advance you might pass out just kidding you won't it's not that graphic but it is a good story this one comes from the subreddit scary stories user voices in the quiet night Ooh, spooky Ooh, spooky right and this one is called this story is called the vampire at my school I thought it was a good story I yeah I thought it was a good story it wasn't terrible it wasn't the best but it was a good story now, before we get into it, sit back, relax, grab a drink, you know what I mean? I got a fart, hold on. I know you heard that. Um, have a drink, you know, Capri Sun, juice box, fruit punch, whatever the fuck you're drinking on this beautiful 4th of July, maybe a beer, if you're a day drinker. Alright, I'm not calling you an alcoholic, that is not, no. Don't put words in my mouth, okay, just because you're day drinking doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. Well, most of the time, okay, most of the time you're not an alcoholic, right. I can't believe I farted, whatever, I'm going to cut it out in post anyway so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so, just relax, sit back. I don't know what else to tell you. Let's get into it, alright? The vampire at my school. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. I fidgeted... Whoa. I fidgeted... I fidgeted nervously in my seat as Mr. Nadler reviewed my paltry student resume. You don't have much experience in journalism, he muttered. No, sir, I said. Then leaned forward, but but I'm ready to work hard and won't back down from any assignment. Mr. Nadler raised his eyebrows at me and then leaned back in his chair, his desk plaque, rather dusty, dusty mcballs, dimly red, editor-in-chief. Well, being that you're a student, you can't have the full-time position. My shoulders sagged, Mr. Nadler looked me up and down and then shrugged. But we do have an open part-time position with pay. We need all the help we can get on the O'Neill murder. I jumped out of my seat. Thank you so much, Mr. Nadler, I exclaimed. He shook my hand, but then his face darkened. One thing, though, I'm curious and as a journalist, want to know the answer. What's got a young kid like you moving to our little town just before his senior year? I grimaced and took a moment before answering. Well, my mom and I had a downsize after my dad died. She's bedridden, you see. He didn't have life insurance and her disability just doesn't pay for very much. So, Mr. Nadler held his hand up, no need to go any further. Welcome to the team. Go speak with Kevin. He's the other student we have on the team. He'll fill you in. Moments later, Kevin was filling me in at my new desk. He was small, a little chubby, and had curly red hair with thick glasses. Around us, the rest of the staff was hard at work on the O'Neill case. Welcome to the only source of local news in our tiny podunk town, Kevin exclaimed, before glancing over his shoulder at Nadler's office. Boss told me, you and I are being assigned to the O'Neill case, he beamed. Thank God, first bit of actual news this place had in 30 years, and... He's had me writing stories on the kindergarten's art show. Kevin reached into his desk and pulled out a thick file. Here's a copy of the O'Neill file. Read up on it so you know the details. Oh, and, uh, I hope you're not squeamish. For the rest of the day, I reviewed the file. Malcolm O'Neill had been the owner of the town's only pharmacy. About two weeks ago, he never showed up for work. After 24 hours with no word, the police made a welfare check. When the police arrived, they found a bloodbath. Old Malcolm had been butchered in his bed, and his wife, Carla, had been found tied to a chair next to the bed, drenched in blood. She was alive, but catatonic. I reviewed the photos that the police had released. The hairs on the back of my neck raised. I turned to the acquired evidence and scowled. DNA results were negative, but fingerprints were a match. They had been found at a series of unsolved murders. Except those murders had all happened 75 years ago. A few days later, school began and I met up with Kevin in the hallway after receiving my schedule. We compared our classes. We had English together. Nice, Kevin exclaimed before tapping his watch. Don't forget, we've got a follow-up interview with Sheriff Blake tonight. Oh, hey Mike. I turned to see quote-unquote Mike walk up. He was tall, but built like a tank and dwarfed little Kevin. Yo, newsman Kevin, any update? This shit is crazy, man. It's all anyone talks about. Mike said. Kevin shook his head and then pointed at me. Sadly, no, but we've got a new guy on the team. Mike smirked and extended his hand to me, which I shook. It was like gripping iron. Well, keep me posted, and don't forget, I'm starting next Friday night as tight end. See y'all at the game. The three of us split, and for the rest of the day, all I could think about was the upcoming interview with the sheriff. Was there any new information? Perhaps there was some tiny detail that had been missed that I could recognize and jumpstart the case. Night came and Sheriff Blake took the podium. He was gruff, grizzled, and wore a black cowboy hat. Kevin and I took notes as he spoke. What we have here is some madman out there living in the woods. A real sick bastard. Someone so evil, he'd tie up a poor woman just so she could only watch as he carved up her husband. This is someone who revels in causing people pain, both physically and mentally. One of our journalists raised her hand. Any update on the status of Mrs. O'Neill? Has she spoken yet? Sheriff Blake shook his head angrily. Not a damn word. Doctors don't know if she'll ever come around poor thing. What about the fingerprints? There was a match. The reporter tailed off. Sheriff Blake shook his head. Lab took that to Atlanta, shout out to Atlanta, for as many eyes as possible. It's a match. But it's a match from 75 years ago. They think it was a fluke due to the bad protocol from the 40s. Likely just a similar fingerprint. Regardless, it doesn't match anyone in the system. But I will say this, Sheriff Blake adjusted his cowboy hat like the badass that he is. If that son of a bitch dares to show his face in this town again, he'll learn quick that there ain't nothing on earth a bullet can't kill. Unless it's a vampire, because he doesn't know. After the press conference, Kevin and I finished the article and submitted it for the paper. It would be live on the website within minutes. The next few weeks were a blur. Classes got underway, and I was soon buried with homework. On top of that, leads kept coming in that we had to follow-up on, all of which were dead ends. The occasional prank caller even rang, which ticked off Nadler. How someone could make a joke about such an awful murder, I'll never understand. When we weren't in class, studying, or working, Kevin and I were gaming. Call of Duty, of course. Shoutouts to the worst fucking first person shooter platform out there. I admittedly was trash, but Kevin was a god and carried me to victory on numerous occasions. We'd talk about our plans after school, college, and even girls. One Friday night, we went to the football game to see Mike. Our tiny school barely had enough guys to even play, but Mike, he was an all star. Seriously, it felt like every play was just throw to Mike. He was a buddying Gronkowski and just trucked anyone trying to stop him. Once he had the ball in his hands. See those guys over there, Kevin muttered to me, pointing at the side of the field to a group of men taking notes. Yeah. College Scouts. Mike's going to be playing in Bama next year, no doubt. Mike ended up leading our team to victory that night. About a month after moving into town, and right as interest in the murder had started to drain, we got a tip from the psychiatric hospital one county over that Mrs. O'Neill had started to speak. A press conference was scheduled the next day. Mr. Nadler gave us all a briefing the night before, and Kevin and I were even given permission to ditch school that day as coverage of the case was our senior thesis. Kevin and I, along with the rest of the press, arrived at the hospital and waited for Mrs. O'Neill. A moment later, she arrived in a wheelchair, being pushed by a nurse. She looked exhausted, and her eyes were unfocused. One of the journalist gently approached her and spoke softly. Mrs. O'Neill, I'm sorry for your loss. We'd like to know what you saw that day. It would help us to find the person responsible. Mrs. O'Neill's lips quivered. The journalist brought his ear close to her face. Again, please, he asked. And then the power went out. Before anyone could react, a great rushing sound filled the air as if something was flying through the room at high speed. Then, the unmistakable wet thump of an impact issued. The backup generator kicked on and a dim light flooded the room. Mrs. O'Neil's throat had been torn open. The journalist howled in terror as a torrent of blood splattered him. The room erupted in chaos. A day later, Sheriff Blake held another press conference. Eight seconds. In eight seconds, the killer, who must have been in the crowd, stabbed Mrs. O'Neill to silence her. And he even had an accomplice. Somebody had to have sabotaged the hospital's electrical systems. Mrs. O'Neill's death changed things. After interrogating everyone in the crowd and coming up empty-handed, the police were stumped. Meanwhile, people were terrified to leave their homes. The sidewalks of the town were empty. At school, people spoke in quick, hushed voices. Everyone glanced over their shoulders. If a woman could be butchered in a hospital full of people, was any place safe? Two weeks after her death, A strange man showed up at the office of the newspaper. He was dressed oddly, with a long overcoat despite it still being warm outside. I know who the killer is, he told the receptionist. Within a minute, we had set up the interview. Mr. Nadler went to call the police so they could be present, but the strange man stopped him. No. No cops. They won't believe this anyway. That's why I came to you. The local newspaper might be more open-minded. Mr. Nadler's eyebrows furrowed. Open-minded? About what, he asked. The strange man gulped. The killer is a vampire. Mr. Nadler groaned along with the other journalists. Get out of here before you're thrown out. The strange man, disappointed, began to leave, but Kevin jumped up. Screw it. I'll hear what you have to say." The strange man nodded and the two of us followed him outside. Once again, the strange man stroked his messy beard and glanced around quickly. My conscience wouldn't let me leave this alone. I had to come. The strange man took a deep breath and then addressed Kevin. I've dedicated my life to studying the occult. This is not a human. This is a vampire and not like Hollywood. A real vampire is an apex predator, an evolved human. They laugh at the sun and wooden stakes. They are impossibly strong, durable, and always hungry. From all of my research, I believe there is just one still alive. The original. Do you understand? I guess, Kevin said, shrugging. The strange man glanced over his shoulder with paranoia before continuing in a hushed voice. There's more, too. They can mess with electromagnetic waves, shapeshift, fly, and... Okay, thank you very much, Kevin said, cutting him off. And with that, we've left the strange man babbling in the street. Weeks passed. Another body showed up. Then another. Press from across the country showed up. Soon, our little Newspaper was drowned out completely. Federal police took over, and yet, still no culprit, but the bodies continued to pile up. This went on all the way through the fall. Finally, the end of the semester was upon us, and Mike's football prowess had carried our little school to the state championship. Football season had nearly been canceled due to the murders, but the community fought back, saying, It was the one good thing we could be happy about. And so, I found myself covering the big game. It seemed like the entire town had made the trip to support Mike and our school. Everyone was there. And even though we weren't home, the police presence was huge nonetheless as a precaution. It was the end of the fourth quarter and the game was tied. We had the ball and it was fourth down. This was it. The QB threw the ball to Mike who caught it and immediately took off down the field. The crowd erupted as he shook off the first defender. Then the second. Then, touchdown. We had won. I turned to Kevin to give him a high five. Then, the field lights suddenly cut out, plunging everyone into darkness. Only the pale light of the moon dimly lit the field and stands. The first blood-curdling scream rang out. Then another. Then another. Panic. People started running. The stands began to clear. There was pushing and shoving. People tripped in the dark and were subsequently trampled. It was pandemonium in the darkness. Police clicked on flashlights but were overwhelmed by the terrified mob. And the screams of death continued, one after another, without ceasing. A shadow moved in the darkness. Everywhere it went, a person fell. A hundred people had been slain already. People pointed at the shadow and howled in fear. I found myself on the field being carried with the crowd as everyone sprinted towards the parking lot. The tree line anywhere but here. The shadow continued to fly, and that haunting, rushing sound filled the air. More screams, more death. Gunshots. The cops, desperate, tried to shoot the shadow, but it was far too fast. The bullets missed and hit people in the crowd. I found Kevin amidst the mob. He gaped at me, and I saw that his glasses were broken and his forehead was bleeding. Come on, he screamed, dragging me by my blood-soaked hand, but I did not follow him. I grasped his wrist tightly, and he stopped mid-stride. He turned and looked at me in confusion. What are you doing, he gasped. Then I crushed his wrist beneath my fingers. His eyes widened, and he screeched in agony. This was soon silence when I sank my teeth into his jugular. He crumpled to the grass and I peered into his eyes. Eyes that were overwhelmed with pain. Then confusion. Then realization. Then betrayal. And then lastly, death. Centuries ago, I found that the slaying of mortals had grown boring. So... As not to grow apathetic with my immortality, I devised a new strategy for my hunts. The long campaign. I would befriend the mortals, gain their trust, learn their dreams, their fears, become close to them, on occasion, love them, even marry them. It was. it was quite fascinating. A new spin on an old game. I traveled the world, 50 years here. 50 years there, you see, when you have become so close with the mortals, when they become close with you, it makes the blood, oh, so much sweeter, I peered at Mike's head, which lay on my palm, the eyes were still blinking, it is believed that mortals are conscious for several seconds after decapitation, I wondered if he could see me. I dropped his head on the filleted body of Mr. Nadler and surveyed the field. In minutes, I had nearly slain all of them. I counted over five hundred. Of course, there were some survivors who had escaped, but that was acceptable. How can fear spread if no one lives to tell the tale? A massacre of this size would keep me sated for years. I would need to rest after such hard work, but a few years from now, I would awaken, thirsty once more. However, there was one more last loose end. I had deliberately left Sheriff Blake for last. Instead of flying, I walked towards him, almost lazily relishing in the theatrics of it all. He fired round after round from his AR-15 into my chest and skull. He emptied the magazine and reloaded then emptied that one too. I was now but inches away from him. It was satisfying to watch all that bravado, all that machismo crumble before me, leaving a terrified whimpering infant behind. With tears dripping from his eyes, he seized a pump-action shotgun from the hands of a slain officer. He racked it, and then shoved the muzzle right up under my chin and pulled the trigger. Funny, I have not felt pain in nearly a millennium, when the Knights Templar incinerated me after plunging a trinity of swords into my heart. Alas, it takes more than that. And so, in a mere second or two, the pain was gone just as soon as it had arrived. Flexing my jaw, I grasped Sheriff Blake's throat with one hand and lifted him off the ground. Pain for me is fleeting, but my thirst is eternal. Dun dun dun! That was a good story. I bet you didn't see that coming. You didn't see that ending coming, did you? Hmm? I bet you thought I was the ginger. Yeah, I did too. You know the whole saying, gingers don't have souls? I thought it was the ginger too. Right? That would have made so much sense. You know? Just strictly because he's a ginger. And to be a little chubby, that would be perfect. That would be a perfect ploy. But, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoy sharing these beautiful stories with you. Sometimes they're stupid. And I know we all love a little stupid story. So... But I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I mean, not glad, but, like, I hope you enjoyed it because I'm not in front of you, so I won't be able to see your reaction. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I also hope you guys are having a wonderful 4th. If you are lucky, you got two days off. You got Monday and Tuesday off. Well, Monday, yeah, Monday and Tuesday off. I'm talking, I don't know why I'm talking, like, it's not Tuesday. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Just remember today... Please don't lose any fingers. Okay, be safe. You know what I mean? How are you going to hold your daughter with fucking four fingers? It's just not going to work. Or maybe one full arm and half a nub on your other arm. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. I mean, it does work, but, like, it's just more difficult. So just be safe. Alright? Don't get hurt. I don't want you guys to get hurt. Okay? I hope your guys' work week is going good if you did have to work. If not, I hope your weekend is going good. But, yeah, that's all I really got. Um, So, Thursday at noon, we're doing Cabin in the Woods for my movie breakdown of the week. And then, not this Saturday, but next Saturday at noon, I'm going to be doing Randonautica Horror Stories. So, if you know what Randonautica is, it was an app. It was huge, like, four years ago like an urban exploring app and I'll explain more of it when that day comes and then yeah this Sunday we are going to be doing a Japanese urban legend so that'll also be fun and I hope you guys enjoy that but yeah if you want to follow me on Instagram it's at the rainy day horror show if you want to leave a review about this beautiful show and about your beautiful host. Go ahead. Rate right of five stars. Alright. Other than that. I got nothing for you. Alright. Send me some horror. Not a ho- Oh my god. Send me something horror related on Instagram. Alright. And if you are looking for a guest appearance. For me. To be on your show. Just DM me on Instagram, and I'll answer. So, I'm open to anything. Alright? And, yeah. That's about it. Alright? Remember, have a good fourth. Don't blow any fingers off. Remember, follow me on Instagram. Remember, write a review. Rate this show. And also, remember to stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly... The most important thing since it's 4th of July, stay safe or you're going to be put in one of my episodes and I will find who I will find it. I will find it. Don't don't test me. I will find it. All right. I love y'all. Deuces.